Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And we are Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. I'm Pastor Padrone, and I'm here today with my cadre of co-hosts, Paul, Nick, Dave, and special guest, Max Stokeby from Scandinavian Tobacco Group. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. Hello, Pastor. Hey, fellas. Hey, Max, thanks for joining us today. You know, and what's, what's your official title there at STG? I Not am- to be confused with STD. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> we like to we like to draw wow. that distinction pretty clearly. Mm. So uh, now I am uh, our official pipe tobacco brand ambassador. So I get brand to, uh, ambassador. Yes, sir. Yeah. So I get to uh, represent the uh, Lane Tobaccos, Peter Stokeby Tobaccos, uh, along with a lot of our tin brand stuff. So Orlake, um, Escudo, of course, mm-hmm. uh, Balkan Sassini. Uh, along with some some more commercial brands too, Captain Black and uh, Sweet Pork nice. and Riffs, things like that. So yeah, excellent. I'm glad excellent. to be here. Well, thank you for joining us, and uh, we have Kendra here, mm. all looking forlorn in the corner. Kendra, special <laughs> K. <laughs> and uh, what have you brought for us to drink with our uh, cigar here? So I brought you some tequila. Tequila? What? What? It's um, the Ultima Palabra. So that's the last word in Spanish. Okay. Um, the last word is a classic cocktail usually made with gin. Mm-hmm. Um, we use Casa Noble Joven, and it's, um, it's, it's herbal. Mm. You know, it's, um, I think it's going to go well with a, a medium cigar. So. It's very nice. Very nice. It's got a... Uh, is there like a lime in there? Yeah, there's lime. There's yep. um, chartreuse, luxardo liquor, and a luxardo cherry. Oh. Very, yeah. t- very tasty. Very tasty. You were scared, Paul. You're, you're not a big fan of tequila. I'm becoming one, thanks to you. Okay. I, I really Glad. like this. It's nice. Well, that's interesting wow. coming from you, beer boy. That's mm. right. Okay, I thought it would be a tough sell, but, you know, nope. guess not. There you go. Guess not. Well, I'm I'm a big tequila fan. Are you? So just not uh, you know, anything else. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. my goodness. Mm. So, we are pairing this with the uh, Sindicato Cubito. Cub- I mean, excuse me. It's a Cubico. The Sindicato Cubico Robusto. Or no, we have to start. Oh, you're gonna have to cut that out. What? There. Yeah, the Sindicato <laughs> Cubico Toro. Yes. And Sindicato Cigars was founded in uh, 2013 by a small group of cigar retailers, and the company produces a number of lines, including Sindicato, mm. uh, Particulares, Hex, Casabella, Maniac, Affinity, and uh, now the Cubico. And um, this cigar has a uh, Ecuadorian Cubano wrapper and Nicaraguan binder and Nicaraguan and Dominican filler. And we're smoking the Toro. It's a 6x56 box pressed and it is basically a cube usually you get a box pressed and it's more 
you know, kind of a rectangular press. This yes. is kind of true to the name. It's a cube press kind of a thing. And um, it's a very interesting cigar. What are, what are we picking up? Uh, earth and leather. Mm-hmm. Leather, a little earthiness, a mm-hmm. little bit of sweetness, uh, just a little bit of spice. Uh, yeah, there's not a whole lot of spice yeah, on this. Just, just no. a little bit of, a little bit of everything. Actually. It's smooth. This is very uh, smooth. incredibly smooth. Very nice. And yeah, there's a nice little creamy aspect mm-hmm. to this. There is, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Max, what are you picking up over there? I think I'm getting a lot of that earthiness as well. Mm. Um, kind of accented by that slight leather flavor there, but no, it's a well-rounded cigar. Nice medium body. Feel like you're smoking something? Yeah, definitely. Good. Definitely, I'd say it's a medium body right now at the start. Everybody agree on that? Absolutely. Yep. It's fantastic. It's well paired with that drink, too. It's Yeah, yeah. It's you, you wouldn't, this again, this is, you know, kind of a tribute here to, to Kendra, but I would never have thought about doing some kind of tequila cocktail with, with this. Well, that's no. why she's the potion master. That's why she's, she's the potion master. That's right. She doesn't steer us wrong. Mm-mm. You get that in the drink, too. You get that from the tequila. You get that, that earthy grittiness and crisp from the drink and you also get that earthiness from the cigar as well i don't know if you guys get that pairing i don't i don't i wouldn't describe the drink as earthy what well, are you, you kind of get you, what are you me, getting that makes you think that well for me the which the, drink are you talking about nick well, <laughs> the, the one that's <laughs> the, the, one, the one you're the one on my left your right so a lot of times i i'll drink tequila straight and I get like a tangy earthiness there, okay. which I get from the drink that we have here, the Ultima Palabra. And it for me, I know Paul's kind of looking at me like I got two heads over here, but for me, it it goes really well with that earthiness that the cigar is giving me. When you say you drink tequila, do you do you drink it or do you shoot it down? No, I drink it just like you would bourbon. Yep, really. Yeah, whether it be. Um, Don Julio or Padron or any other tequila. I just I drink it straight. And when you say drink it, you mean it's gone like in two seconds? No, no, <laughs> like ten seconds. So, but I I get that from the drink, and I get that from the the cigar as well. It's 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 very nice for me. It's very pleasurable. Okay. Um, what Paul? Describe what you're getting from the drink here, and do you it, think it goes well with the? Cigar? I think it goes well, and it's it's it because the drink has some has a lot of sweetness with it to me. Yes, it does. So it 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 does. It's adding a little bit more sweetness to my to the cigar experience a little mm. bit. Um, but I think it's well paired. Uh, and again, I'm not a, te- a big tequila fan. I think Kendra's turning me on to it more and more now. Yeah, but I, yeah, I like yeah. I'll, I'll never do what Nick's doing, and that's drink it straight. I just <laughs> I just won't do that. I've gotta, had, I've had a bad experience straight, thirty baby. years ago with it, and I can't go back to it like that. Mm. Now, Dave, you're you're usually mm. not a hard liquor guy. What? Do, how are you thinking this goes with a cigar? Well, I'm, I I like tequila. Like I, I'm just not a big brandy or um, bourbon bourbon or you scotch. know scotch you know rye, <laughs> rye whiskey Should we you know, do it on the line? I just, you know, <laughs> just about you know all doctorings 
<laughs> Peated <I'm> scotch. Just, <laughs> I haven't tried that yet, so I don't know. Oh, we but, gotta uh, get you some. Uh, no, I think it's I think it's nice. It's a it's a good pairing, but I feel like uh, I think almost pretty much anything would pair pretty well with the cigar. It's it's not really not really that strong, I suppose. No. You know, it's a nice. It's a I'd definitely say it's a mild cigar, but uh, I like the leather and the uh, and the earthiness. I get a lot more earthiness from this, um, but definitely I I get that subtle sweetness, which is very nice. Yeah, I think sweet a, earthiness is what. Yeah, and, and some leather notes. That's right. that's what I'm getting. Yeah, but it, I, it's really nice with the tequila, though. Can't complain yeah. about the tequila. Yeah, I think uh, to piggyback off of that, you know. For any of our non-drinking listeners here today, I'm uh, having a cup of coffee with a little cream here with it, and it's uh, fitting real well with it. So it really complements that earthiness. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This is a, give this would be a great cigar with a cup of coffee. Yep. It's that that kind of flavor notes, but I think you're right, Dave. You you could drink a lot of different things with this um, because it's it's not it's not a, a really complex nope. cigar. It's it's just kind of. This nice middle middle of the road, very mellow, uh, you know, smooth, mm-hmm. you know, earthy, sweet kind of, and that goes with so many different things. Yeah. You know, the 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 uh, limey kind of citrus in the in the yeah. tequila here is not something I would have thought would go with it, but it, it the, the sweetness. Yeah. You're right. It, the sweetness, Nick, in the in the drink does go with the cigar and it, it's, it surprisingly does it's weird that way like the the sorry to cut you off dan the the tanginess with the the earthy leathery mm-hmm. it kind of brings out more uh, of the leathery and the, it kind of goes back to the drink too it kind of shares the the spotlight a little bit both of them at the same time it's really really nice sweet this would be a great cigar if you're looking to graduate from a, a mild Connecticut. Mm. This would be a fantastic cigar to graduate into. I think this is a next step for uh, for anyone who wants to move into more of a medium smoke. This would be one that I would recommend. Yeah, would you say this is kind of a, a lower end medium? Yes, yes, absolutely. You know, it's, it's yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'd put it on my palate anyway. Um, Light medium, yeah. So Max, let's. I want to. I want to talk a little bit about about you and and um, you know you're uh, you're more of a, a pipe guy mm-hmm. than. I, but you smoke cigars too and everything like that. Yeah? Sure. Yeah. yeah. You go. A lot of pipe guys go both ways. Oh yeah. So I say. <laughs> and uh, but your your family has been in the pipe business for like ever. Yeah, yeah, ever, ever? Five, five generations and counting. So yeah. wow. So uh, <laughs> did you ever a feel a long time, man? Did you ever yeah, feel like you time. had a choice? <laughs> <laughs> Not <laughs> really. You bullied yeah. into this I just want to yeah. sell cars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> you can't do that. I had a high aspirations, uh, c- custodial aspirations <laughs> that were go. shut down <laughs> at a young age. You know, uh, I want to be a custodian. Get off that broom, son. <laughs> no, uh, you know, I, I was born and. Uh, and uh, Grandpa Peters shoved a pipe in my mouth and said, uh, "Welcome to the family," so to say. Nice. <laughs> but no, you know, it's uh, it, it has since uh, you know the the uh, later 1800s uh, started in Denmark, uh, yeah. a city Ulense there uh, uh, downtown. Um, you know, Peter Stokeby really grew it. Uh, mm-hmm. 70s and 80s brought it to the U.S. market. 
um, where he went to compete with Herman G. Lane. Um, and, you know, he really blew up uh, not just the pipe tobacco, but the roll-your-own ta- tobacco as well right, um, right. When, he, when he brought it over and really put it on the map here. Um, and, of course, you know, with the tobacco in the 70s and 80s, if you made it in the U.S. market and you blew up over here, you know, there's a good chance you were blowing up in the rest of the world, too. So, sure. um, you know, that really did did a lot for uh, for the business at the time. So Now, uh, Scandinavian Tobacco Group, which you're the brand ambassador for, you know, the two main lines of bulk tobacco there are Peter Stokeby and Lane. Is, and I'm assuming that those are the two names that you're referring to in the history here. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Herman, Herman G. Lane, the, the, mm-hmm. that's, that's, you know, the, the founder of, of 1Q and BCA and okay. uh, BLWB, a lot, a lot of very famous blends. Sure. And then, uh, yeah, uh, Peter, Peter on the, uh, on the other side of the bulk. Uh, with with the flakes and the the proper English English luxury, you know a lot of a lot of his really famous blends. But they were they were big time rivals actually. Um, you know, uh, Peter really sort of kicked himself because uh, Herman G. Lane was kind of first on the pipe tobacco market and scene here in the U.S. when it was blowing up back in the seventies. Right. Um, so you know, Peter was always. A little begrudging over Herman G. Lane, sort of beating him to the punch. Yeah. So you know, we we joke about it today sometimes in the family that, you know, if, if Peter knew I was selling Stokeby products under uh, Lane, you know, S C G Lane, he'd be, he'd be tossing and turning in his grave and 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 cursing cursing my name. You know? But uh, no, it's you know just sort of the way of the industry and, and how uh, things consolidated and, and changed through time and, and years. So. Uh, you know, it's, it's fun to, to be able to carry on the uh, the family traditions and the brands. So, um, obviously, pipe tobacco is a, a big-time hobby for a lot of people. And, sure. Uh, and we're seeing some growth in it as well. So That's nice. Well, that, that's a, that's another question here. And I know we're talking about the cigar, but uh, um, I want to, since this is your thing, I want to ask a little bit more about this. Do you see, as you're going around the country, do you see pipes, uh, you know, coming back? I mean, so many people come in and, they see me smoking a pipe, or they see Nick smoking a pipe, or Dave, and they go, ah, or Paul. I, I haven't. Well, Paul doesn't really smoke a pipe at work all that much, but but you know, it's not uncommon for me to hear people say, "Wow, you smoke a pipe." I uh, my grandfather did that. I haven't mm. seen that in a long time. Yeah, and I my impression is is that this is kind of coming back. Yeah. What's what's been your impression as you've gone around? That's sort of the an- anecdotal evidence that we're getting to, um, Dan. When when we go around, we're seeing a lot of these younger guys getting into the pipe tobacco. Um, you know, I think one reason behind that is it uh, really fills this slot of uh, of sort of expressing yourself. Um, you know, in this day and age that we live in, of, of custom phone covers, um, mm. you know, and your custom T-shirt or whatever it is. You know, everything is very tailored. Um, to the to the unique individual, pipe tobacco goes right into that. You know, you sure. have your, your mm. own your own pipe. That's uh, you know, in, in a lot of the cases, it's one of a, a series, mm-hmm. so it's fairly unique. You have your own blend that you're you're buying, for example, here at Twins, right, where where you can only get this blend here. So it's you know, there's a lot of this uh, sort of character aspect that goes into it, and then you know, I think uh, outside of sort of fitting that bill, um, you know, it's it's one of the one of the last sort of hobbies where you're really getting your hands dirty and by that I mean you know you sit down and you're packing your pipe sometimes you're blending sometimes you're cutting up a little a little cake or flake 
and you're packing it and you're getting it lit you know it's uh it's sort of an experience that you're going to sit down and take take apart and, and set out from your day and your, your busy schedule that we all live nowadays. Right. Um, I think that's really speaking to a lot of people to say, you know, put down the phone, get off Facebook, get off Instagram yeah. for a second, smoke, reflect, take in the flavors, you know, enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, part of that uh, sort of... Uh, uh, that genuinity that you get with with the hobby, I think that really says a lot to a lot of people. Well, plus it's it's kind of like you know it's also like that uh, that um, I think some people look at it as like I think it's also popular that you have a vice, you know. Mm-hmm. It's and, popular to have a vice, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's just one of those things that's just it fits really well in there, and I uh, as more of the the. Um, the studies and stuff on like you know uh cancer and everything come closer to genetics pointing the finger there uh instead of pointing it at it like you know all these people that are living in the hundred that are smoking cigars and smoking pipes their entire lives and they're not getting cancer you know and then that jogger dying at 40 you know so it's just like um i think this the scare level is coming down too yeah. because people are realizing that it's not it's not like a bad habit in right. moderation, yeah. There's there's uh, there's plenty of studies out there that uh, show that um, you know a, a moderate smoking, you know, like two bowls of pipe tobacco a day, um, you know, is really negligible in terms of comparing health with a non-smoker. But the pipe smoker or the cigar smoker who has two cigars a day is going to live four years longer than the non-smoker. Yeah. And because they, they're relaxing. Exactly. They yeah. attribute stress, it to stress. Is, to is stress what causes. Yeah. What about somebody that smokes five? <laughs> oh Jesus! Uh, <laughs> well, I guess that goes my uh, my sixties. <laughs> no, no. You know, it's it's you, you really have to. It, it's when you get to five and six cigars a day on a regular basis. That's where you start to to creep up. Um, but I know very few people you know, who are regular smokers here at Twins who smoke that much. I mean, to smoke a box of cigars in a week is is pretty stinking, <laughs> that's, you that's know, an ambitious. Habit. Yeah. I've done that. <laughs> I've done that repeatedly. Mm-hmm. But again, too, you know what I mean? We have, you know, in the, in the, the it, it can be costly. It depends on the cigars that you're smoking. You're, you're smoking Liga Number no. 9, Corona Dobles, that's costing you like $400 a week. You know what I mean? If you're doing Charter Oaks, it's only costing you $100 a week. You know what I mean? It depends. <laughs> only 100 yeah, I'm just yeah. saying. I'm just saying. I'm just only saying. Only a car payment a month. <laughs> you know, if you want to do, if you wanna right. do bundles, we got $30 bundles. Yeah, you know what I mean? You can you can do whatever you want to do. Mm. You know what I mean? The power to the people, baby. Yep. So what are we picking up on the cigar now that we're an inch or more into it? Take a little bit of wood out of this. A little bit of mm. wood now? Yep. I was just going to, you took the words right out of my mouth. Earthy. Little woody, still has that sweetness, little spice. It's it's it hasn't changed a whole lot, but it, I just in the, now that I'm past that first third, mm. I am picking up those wood notes. You know, mm. Paul, I do have a little woody too. <laughs> All right, Joe. Uh, let's, let's try and keep this uh, good, okay? Just saying, I get that too in the cigar. Very good. I'm glad you're getting a little wood. Nick. Yes, feel it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. 
But uh, I, I I would probably recognize that as maybe like maybe oak or cedar a little bit in there. Um, but definitely the the earth and the leather just comes right through that cigar. It's so so present. Mm. <clears throat> you know, one of the things I like about this cigar is how smooth and creamy it is. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm a guy who you know I I I like a stronger cigar. I like that pepper. Yeah. I like the I like some good spice and rich flavors. This this is you know. It's it's very smooth, very creamy. There's a lot of good flavor, but it's not like in your face. Mm. There's really no pepper or spice to this at all, but it is very very pleasant. It is, and it's it's uh it's it's kind of building too as it goes on. It's really nice. That, how how so, Dave? How are you experiencing it? I feel like the flavor is like the um, earth and leather. A little bit of leather, more earth now. Uh, they're just getting a little stronger on my palate. Mm. You mean it's developing as you're smoking it, Dave? Yes, well, it's developing that's, that's, as that's I'm the, smoking that's it. That's the uh, cigar lingo that we're learning today, the word developing. <laughs> developing, yes. yes. What was that other one? It was the, the mouthfeel? Mouthfeel. 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 Nick, you are not allowed to talk about <laughs> mouthfeel. <laughs> I get a lot of mouthfeel. <laughs> you are not allowed to talk about mouthfeel. Yes, ever. feel it. got to feel it. <laughs> Gotta feel it, baby. Yeah. Um, you know, so to me, this is a, this is a cigar that that you could smoke, you know, any time of day. Mm. This could be a first cigar of the day. Mm-hmm. It's it's mild enough to be be that. You could smoke it after lunch or after dinner and feel like you're you're having a, a decent stick. Um, it really is a kind of an anytime anytime cigar. It's a great. It's it's turning out to be a great cigar. This it's, would be my morning cigar. This would be your yeah, morning so cigar. Do it. <laughs> yes, just do it. It's a it's a really good cigar. You can have at any time of the day. It's an easy smoke. Yeah, it's super easy. Yeah. And the 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 flavoring, the tasting that comes from it is extremely pleasant. Mm. Max, I think you kind of hit the nail for me that it's an easy smoke. It's easy. It's easy to smoke. Easy to enjoy. You know, it, it's it's with tequila or coffee. Yeah, well, serious. It, it just it, it's or very it's very versatile. I guess. <laughs> yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna talk about drinking or eating with it, this would go with with a whole bunch of different stuff. Mm. Right. You know. Um, now uh, we've got a bunch of stuff you know happening at a Twins. A bunch. We've got a lot. Got a lot. We're always doing things here at Twins Smoke Shop. And uh, we want you to know that uh, Thursday and Friday, October 24th and 25th, the 24th in Hooksit and the 25th in Londonderry, we're doing an event with uh, Oliva Cigars. And that's going to be a whole lot of fun. And if you're in the area at all, stop by one of those locations on those days. There'll be all sorts of specials and swag and stuff about those. And then... um, Friday, November 15th at Londonderry, we're going to be doing Illusione uh, cigars, and that's going to be a lot of fun, too. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> Thank you for making that such an awkward moment. Now that he's got that soundboard, yes. it's, he's, he's going to uh, go yes. crazy. I knew the crickets were coming. I knew <laughs> it. The crickets were coming. Yes. Yes, people. David has resigned from being the human soundboard and traded that in for an actual soundboard. 
God You're help welcome. us all. Yes. <laughs> uh, you can stay in touch with Twin Smoke Shop on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And, of course, at our website, twinssmokeshop.com. Now, here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Was that necessary? So let's let's have a little discussion here. You know, one of the things that I am often asked uh, in the store is when people buy cigars, they're going to take them home, put them in their personal humidor. They'll ask me, should I leave the cellophane on or should I take it off? And I always tell them to leave it on. Yeah. I tell them to leave it on for, for a couple of reasons. One, uh, cellophane breathes. You don't have to worry about the cigar not, you know, getting the humidification in your humidor. Yeah. And then second, it offers some protection mm-hmm. to the cigars. God, you know, uh, you know, God forbid something happens to your humidification system and there's water condensation around. The cellophane will protect it. You know, but it it it, it what what I guess really always kind of takes me back about that question is you know like here at twins you know our cigars are in a walk-in situation so you walk into this humidor and all the cigars are in this humidified room and they're cellophane <laughs> that's how we do it we don't take them out of the cellophane and put them into the box right you know right. so mm. you know it, it it always strikes me as as kind of funny that that people will ask should i should i take them out you know, now what what are your guys' opinions on that? Well, I, I think uh, common sense is only common when it's common. So, I mean, when you're just coming into a, a humidor and you're not like living at home in a humidor, you don't really know and you don't really think about it. Yeah, but, but you got to understand I mean, too that you also don't know when they go home if they're going to take their their um, you know their Ashton that they just bought and put it into a box of acids. You know, right. so keeping the keeping the wrapper on is going to protect the taste. Uh, if it's stored next to something else that might be a little bit more potent or not so much and have the reverse effect on it. Yeah, let's do a little PSA here and tell people, do not store your Ashens, Ashton cigars with your acids. <laughs> Bad idea. Bad idea. Have an acid Bad. humidor. <laughs> I don't care if there's cellophane on the cigars or not. I don't care if they're in tubes. Don't do that. <laughs> that's just it it will leak over we're gonna extend this psa to pipe tobacco as well the same mm. goes for your aromatics and your non-aromatics keep those bad boys separate thank you yeah tobacco you know it, it is it so much acts like a sponge it's just going to absorb uh the scents and flavors that are around it so it's actually you know i think a whole lot better to leave the cellophane on even if you're, you know, because, uh, you know, so, you know, even if you have like an Ashton, you know, you put it next to a Padron or you put it next to a, a Neanderthal or uh, a Cubico, you know, the if you leave them in there for long periods of time, you know, there can be some overlap there. Um, and, you know, that's going to be more noticeable depending on how strong the cigars are, how humid it is, how long they're left in there. But... Um, you know, I think the only reason you would, you know, that I would feel comfortable leaving a bunch of uncellophane cigars in the same box is if they were the same cigar yep. in the box. Right. But you got to also realize, too. What? I'd what, Nick? Realize. What do I also have to realize? You have to realize. What? I'd say 
I'd say a quarter of our collection that we have here is uh, comes unsellowed. Yes. You know what I mean? So you can't take a cigar that's been, you know, delivered to us and that you bought from us unsellowed and then be like, hey, well, do you guys sell the the cellophane that we could put them in? Just so, don't put it next to an acid. Right. Yeah. Obviously. You know what I mean? I'm just saying, like, you know, that, you know, people come into the store and they see that and it's, you know, now that's that got to be on their that mind. That leads too. to another very interesting and important question. And that is, <clears throat> why do cigar manufacturers cellophane their cigars and why do some not do that that's a good question that i don't have an answer to i i have no idea i guess it's just rep you know i think preference like the packaging i think they really like for example i know that uh i guess uh, jonathan drew was asked about league of provider right and why don't they uh, cellophane uh, and he, he says, absolutely not. There will never be cellophane. And this is coming from you know, a reputable resource. Right. That he will never cellophane those cigars. I think he loves the way they come when they when you open the box, how they are, how it's presented. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get those Connecticut Broadleafs with the number nine and the Devil Oscuro Habanos with the 1552s. Right. Um, they look beautiful when those boxes are, are, are opened. And I don't know if that's the reason why or not, but... That is the reason why. Yeah. The reason the reason why you don't do it is presentation and the look. And when you cellophane it, you know you you you're, you know the cigars don't look like they do when they're out of the cellophane. You don't see you don't see the the cigar as it is. And so the as far as presentation, they don't like it. So you know you see like um with a uh, Aroa cigars, you know, they'll, they'll use the tissue paper halfway up so that they've got something around the cigar, but it's not the cellophane. So you have a nicer presentation of the cigar. Right. The reason they use cellophane is to protect the wrapper. Right. That's the reason why. And you often see cigars that come uncellophaned. Um, they're the cigars that are most commonly going to experience some kind of damage, not necessarily in the when you know when they're shipped in the box, but as people are going in there and pulling the cigars out and moving them around, you know you get rips, you get tears. Somebody didn't you know has a long fingernail and it digs into the cigar, yeah, and so it protects it protects the cigars. And you know like one of the cigars that you very often see with with uh, wrapper damage for instance are the padron 1964s and and the uh uh um 26, 26 series because they're not cellophane but yeah. they don't cellophane mm-hmm. them because they want that presentation they want you to see the cigar as it is yeah um i know that was you know um uh an issue with um uh Atabay and and Byron as well. You know they did not want to cellophane the cigars, but they were there were so many coming damaged when you took them out of the of the jars that they finally started putting them in cellophane just to protect the wrapper, especially if it's like a Connecticut. Yeah, you know, with those are very delicate. With you know the the uh, broadleaf wrappers like on the Ligas, like you were talking about, there's much less of chance of of damaging it just because of how thick and strong the wrapper is but you have a, a connecticut or an ecuadorian connecticut wrapper yeah um those wrappers are very delicate and so it's you know it it really behooves you to do something to protect the wrapper from getting ripped and that's why it's on there 
So I would, for those reasons, leave the cellophane on. If your cigar comes with without it, there's nothing. It's a moot point. But if it comes with it, don't feel like you have to take it off to put it in your humidor. What I find interesting too is that in certain lines, for example, since we're on the Padron line, let's just continue on with that. The Family Reserve. We can go the sixty-four, the twenty-six, and the Family Reserve. All of them except for one is not sellable. Uh, the, the, yeah. The, you have the tw- the 1964s. Mm-hmm. All of them are unsellowed. The 26s are all unsellowed. The family reserve, except the 80th. Right. The 80th Correct. is sellowed. And then you have the 90th, which is in a tube. But then the 50th, obviously that's the that's the, the king. The, the, right, the, the king padrone. That's unsellowed. So I'm just right. curious, why does just one line... That's sellers and the rest of probably because of that shape. Every every padrone that you see on the shelf is that box press shape, and it's uniform in the box. The 80ths, they're they're large figurados or perfectos. I would think that they would want to protect that shape in the box. So well, the cellophane is not going to protect the shape, but it's going to it is going to protect it from getting damaged. Right, exactly. Right. And that's that's well, why not, they do that. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're uni- in, in most of the boxes, they're uniform. Right. They're all together, they're in that box press shape. They're not really going anywhere. Right. With that perfecto shape, somebody's throwing it around or in shipping, it could get damaged. But every once in a while we'll, we'll get a, 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 a the occasional cigar, you know, Padron or whatever that will be slightly Blemish yeah. Or damage, yeah. You know. I'm, just, I, I'm just curious why all of a sudden the well, all of a sudden why the eighty is the one that got sellowed and the rest of them. Well, until until the uh, the fiftieth came out, you know, the eightieth was the most expensive cigar that they had, yeah. and you know there was there was uh, you know uh, you know to to deal with the damage on those cigars was was tough. Yeah. And so, you know, you ended up protecting it because so many, so often you would open the box and one or two of them, you know, the, the, either the head was cracked or the foot was cracked, um, from the packaging and shipping. Mm. Um, you know, you don't always know, you know, when, when a cigar is being shipped, you know, what the conditions are, you know, as it's, as it's traveling. And so the expanding and contracting of the tobacco can, can, uh, deal with that too. And, you know, again, the cellophane just helps protect that. It holds humidity in uh, as well. It, it takes a cigar a lot longer to dry out when it's in the cellophane than if it's mm-hmm. just outside of it sitting on your table or something. Right. Yeah, I, I think you you kind of called it here right away, Dan, when you said, you know, really it boils down to best case scenario, you leave that cigar in the cellophane and that cigar isn't going to change. Right. Worst right. case scenario something leaks or you have an accident whatever it is and that cigar is safe in the cellophane right so why would you remove it right exactly so for those of you who may be wondering now you know (laughs) leave it leave the cellophane on if it came in cellophane to begin with i just want to know when i'm going to get my i just want to know when i'm going to get my second tequila drink because that drink was phenomenal right (laughs) don't have to worry about round two it's already done two and i'm I'm waiting for my second one those are amazing (laughs) so what are our uh final thoughts here on this uh syndicato cubico toro i will i would definitely put it as a light medium (laughs) thanks dave Thanks for the applause. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
I, I'm gonna I'm gonna classify this as a light medium, mm-hmm. earthy, woody, leathery, sweet, little spice, definitely on the retro hill. Um, well balanced. I think it's an excellent cigar. Uh, it would be a, a, certainly a morning smoke for me. Nick, it's very very good. Very very good. Very very good. Um, medium, solid medium. I wouldn't take it as a, a light medium but a solid medium and uh yeah I definitely have this again i definitely recommend it to a, a customer awesome dave what about you yeah at first i would i was just gonna say that this was like maybe a mild but i definitely call it a medium now mm-hmm. um it's a great all-around cigar i would definitely recommend it to anybody it's fantastic Max, what's your opinion, knowing that it doesn't matter since it's not a general cigar? <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. Yeah, it's a nice disclaimer there, Dan. No, I, <laughs> I think, I, you know, as, as I mentioned earlier, I think it's a, a really easy smoke. Um, total lack of, of spice in it, which makes it uh, very uh, sort of easy easy for me to smoke. Uh, you know, as you mentioned earlier, sort of a early morning smoke is, is perfect for that. So mm. yeah, it's a good cigar. Yeah, it's uh, to me this was uh, very enjoyable, uh, very simple, you know. Uh, but that and that's not a bad thing. Um, it, again, this would go great with a cocktail like we had. It would go great with a cup of coffee. Uh, this would be a good morning cigar for me. Yep. Um, uh, and if you like a a nice cigar that has some really good flavor, but you don't like spice, this is a great cigar. Uh, for that, and I would certainly not have any trouble recommending this to any customers who's looking for a cigar like that. Very, very nice. Okay, so as we get ready to smoke our pipe tobacco, we are going to be uh, smoking one of uh, the tobaccos that Max reps that he is a brand ambassador for, and that Uh is a classic tobacco, Escudo Navy Deluxe. And uh, uh, from the website, it says that uh, this is a combination of full-bodied Virginia from North Carolina and Virginia uh, uh, blended with Perique from Louisiana, and those are the cornerstones in Escudo. The blend is pressed and matured before it is spun and cut into coins, and this process ensures the unique character of Escudo. Mm. Is there anything you can add to that, O Pike Master? I can add a few things. Mm. How, how deep do you guys want to go? Deep. <laughs> well, you know, a little bit deep. You know, we have to introduce our drink too. Yes, feel we it. do have to introduce the drink too. Let's uh, let's start with the drink. We'll let's dive start back with the drink. Then Kendra, come over here and uh, tell us what is it that you have decided to pair with this uh, uh, very very classic tobacco. So I, um, I must say that I was second guessing myself and I lit up my own pipe upstairs to make sure that this would be yes. a good pairing. Mm-hmm. So I figured you'd want to know that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but because the coconut thing kind of threw me a little bit, would it would it go well? But mm-hmm. I smoked some, and I thought it was damn good mm. together. Uh, it's a porter from Oscar Blues, which is a brewery in Colorado, and it's called Death by Coconut. Death by Coconut. And we, it's limited edition. Um, I, I try to get a keg of it every year. Um, I missed out on it one year, but it flies when we have it. It's it's really good. Nice. It is very, very tasty. It is. Mm. Very good. How's that pairing with the tobacco? Yes! Say no more, ma'am. Yeah, the, you know, the uh, porter, a stout, that kind of rich, dark uh, kind of a beer just really goes well with this. What do you think? You're the you're the the beer dude, Paul. Well, Dave and I are. But yeah, I yeah. Was, well, Dave's say, Dave's Dave, more Dave's of a, like a, a Sam know, Adams Blue beer Moon, guy. You're like you're like everywhere. <laughs> no, this I think this is pairing very very well with it. it it's uh, this isn't a very heavy porter. It's, it's it's but you do have a, just that slight bit of coconut. Um, it's but it's incredibly. Can I, can I use the word quaffable? Quaffable? Yes, drinkable. What? What? Look at Paul with the big don't words. Don't forget. Don't forget. I'm a ESL student over here. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy on the Danish kid, right? <laughs> no, it's, I think it's it's pairing very very well with it. It's a, it's it's not overpowering. It's a it's a very uh, it's it's a. Uh, Yes, it's very drinkable. I will it's say very, very drinkable. drinkable. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Yeah, and the good yeah. thing with you know a stout or a porter with uh, with with most pipe tobacco, really, it, it sort of cuts back on a little bit of that uh, acidity that you get in uh, in in pipe tobacco naturally occurring in the pipe tobacco. Mm-hmm. So I imagine it's a it's a, it's a nice contrast. So Max, tell us a little bit about this tobacco here. So uh, Escudo really goes back to. 1912, uh, mm. when the Cope brothers founded uh, the tobacco, it was a coin slice back then. Uh, they existed in uh, in Liverpool, United Kingdom, mm-hmm. uh, old old tobacco company. Um, I'll take it back a step further. Actually, uh, Escudo is technically an original Navy cut, and when I say Navy cut, um, the traditional uh, Navy cut. Uh, method and uh and process sort of refers to what actual sailors used back in the 1800s excuse me um essentially what they would have is is this uncut escudo um in the rope essentially right Uh, which would allow it to keep its moisture uh, on the boat when you were out at sea for many days so they would technically dip this rope into uh, uh, things of, of rum or molasses mm-hmm. uh, to give it flavor um, and also to keep some of that moisture uh, as this uh, casing, if you will, sort of sat on the outside of the tobacco and kept the moisture. Now, they would they would cut this and they would chew it because obviously um, lighting up fire on an on a old uh, wooden ship in the 1800s, there was some... Uh, some hazards there so they weren't just keen on, on just smoking it on the just boat but they would chew it and uh and they would would cut it up and smoke it you know when they were at port and, uh, and off the ship so so really you know the traditional navy flake here really refers to these sort of rope uh spun cuts before they were cut because mm. it would keep that moisture um and allow them to kind of dip the tobacco and i imagined it was easier to travel with too so 
that really was sort of the start of, of these spun cuts. Now, mm. the Escudo that the Cope brothers came up with was technically uh, an improvement on a, the Portuguese uh, Escudo tobacco, um, which was sort of their term for it. And obviously in Spanish, Escudo means shield. Mm-hmm. Well, if mm. you look at the tobacco, you know, you have this coin slice, um, which essentially looks a little bit like a shield. So uh, just yep. a little bit on the name there. But the Cope brothers... Uh, had the brand from 1912 to 1956, I believe, mm-hmm. um, when it was purchased by Gallagher, um, uh, which I believe was another British uh, tobacconist mm-hmm. manufacturer. Uh, that existed on the uh, the U.S. market till. Let me check my notes here. 94, mm-hmm. um, when it was then taken over by A and C Peterson, Alfred and Christian Peterson. Uh, which was a Danish uh, pipe tobacco manufacturer. Um, they had it on the U.S. market for, I believe, a year in '97, mm-hmm. and then it was discontinued. So just in America, or just dis- in the in the United States? Yeah, excuse me, in okay. the United States. Mm. Um, it was then purchased uh, by Orlick, um, uh, which was at this point owned 50% by STG in the year 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was then brought back to the U.S. market in 2006 via STG and Orlick. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, as we know, in 2008, STG uh, got 100% ownership of Orlick and uh, brands like Escudo that, that came with it there. So as you can tell here uh, by my story, you know, this uh, this brand has, has been on the market and off the market and on the market and off the market. So, you know, naturally, as we see with, with supply and demand, um, you know, it's gained sort of a following here as it's been present sure. and then off the market and then back on and, and off again. Um, so it's it's gained quite a, a loyal following uh, over the years, you know, not just uh, because of the great tobaccos, but I think some of that uh, supply-demand pool there as well. So, mm. But that's a little bit of, of the history of, of, you know, where Escudo comes from, and, and, and it really, uh, you know, it really dates back to, uh, to early 1900s. Um, yeah, it's it's been a favorite for almost a hundred years, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, what are you guys what are you guys picking up from from this? Or excuse me, over a hundred years, twenty twelve would have been a hundred years. Yeah, sure. So, what are you guys picking up? You're picking up something good because you're all just sucking on your pipes. It's it is good. It's the spice, medium body. It's smooth. It's remarkably smooth. That retro hill, you get that nice, that nice spice there, and it goes really, really well with the drink. It's mm-hmm. an unbelievable pairing. It's really nice. I'm I'm loving retro hailing this. Mm. I really am. I think I don't retro hail much when I smoke cigars, mm-hmm. but I love I love retro hailing this type. It's and, I'm, and again, I'm picking up campfire when I do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just mm-hmm. if it's just something. Yeah. It, it, I'm. It's just that aroma that you get when you have a when you light a campfire. That mm-hmm. wonderful aroma, and I get that when I'm smoking this. This is just it's just phenomenal. You said the same thing when we when we did speakeasy. But it's the I think it's the Virginia Perique. Yeah. When you, when it's when it's straight Virginia, like I had another uh, all Virginia brand not that long ago, and it was mm-hmm. really smooth. Mm-hmm. But I didn't pick this the spice up. And with yeah. the Perique, I'm absolutely picking that up. And with the blending together with this is just, it's just phenomenal. A little dry fruit, a uh, little woody hay. Uh, but that that, uh, that retrohale, that campfire is just phenomenal. Mm. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's interesting that you get the uh, the campfire out of the Perique. You know, that's traditionally more of a, a Latakia characteristic, but um, but you do get a little bit of that. But actually, on that note, I was going to ask you guys. You know, how does this develop for you guys? And I don't know if you're far, far along enough in your bowls here to tell me. But for me personally, you know, when I initially light up a, a bowl of escudo on those first uh, couple of pulls, I'm really getting so much of that uh, Louisiana Perique spice mm-hmm. in the taste uh, accentuated with, with the Virginias and the natural occurring sugars we have in, in the Virginia leaf there. But then I find that as I get to about the halfway point of the bowl, it turns into this uh, creamy, almost aromatic flavor where I'm getting a little more uh, almost raisiny creaminess yes. to it and yes. less of and less of that spice as that sort of marries into the flavor itself um, and sort of falls in the background whereas you know on the, on the first part of the pipe it's really on the forefront of your taste buds so yes. you know, I want to get y'all's two yeah. cents on that yes definitely it's starting to get sweeter and it's starting to even out it's starting to smooth off a little bit still you get some of the spice through the retrohale but that sweetness is like just sitting right at the tip of my tongue, and it's really nice. I like it. It's really nice. It's extremely smooth for a for a for a vapor. It is. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, just to kind of accent what you're talking about again, this this as you smoke it, you know, I'm about a third of the way into the bowl, and it is there's this great creaminess that it has you know has developed and the sweetness of the virginias that bring that kind of those kind of fruity notes hay notes grassy notes they're all just being accentuated with that you know this this real nice sweetness and the perique is just you know it it is it's creating that raisiny figgy figgy kind of spice less of a pepper like when you just start off smoking this so you know it's great to experience that as you go down the bowl. It's, it's fantastic. Smooth. It really is very smooth, is. very creamy. Yes, yes. Dave. Uh, what are your thoughts without using the soundboard <laughs> or the word salt? What, it's very what? salty. No, there's it's, no salt in this at all. The salt has a, a kind of Stop. raisiny saltiness to Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. With a little campfire salt. Campfire salt. <laughs> Speak. No. Speak. It's it's yeah. I'm getting that that raisiny spice. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, a little the retro hail is very smooth. Mm. Um, it's very warm. Mm. Like it's like uh, I get that same feeling like when I've had like a hard drink that just warms you up. I get that same feeling from it. Um, it's definitely something I'd like. Like a you know uh, a cold day. Mm. Um, but yeah, that 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 dried fruity raisinness is kicking it, and I'm loving it. It's really nice. And Dave, you, you bring up a good point there because you know this is a largely Virginia based, so you, you will get you know hotter smoke out of here than you would say a, a, a black Cavendish or, or something that's been uh, steamed and sugared a little mm. more, where you'll get a cooler smoke. You know, here you're going to get a little more heat, uh, which shows in the flavor too. I think when when you're smoking it. Now, obviously, it depends on your your pipe as well, but uh, you know, for for your average pipe, it's a uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, a hotter tobacco. What you get in Virginia's right uh, now with with navy flakes, you know, and and um, uh, well, flakes and cakes in general. There's usually some kind of extra toppings or flavors that are added to help, you know, get it moist enough to to get to that point where it can be, 
you know, stay as a cake or, or as a, in this case, these nice oversized coins, like almost like a, like a, a dollar coin size uh, uh, pipe here. What, what, what flavors are added to the tobacco for this, if any? Yeah, no, it's, it's a good question. And um, so with this, it does get a, a slight top flavor of, uh, you know, what I would describe as sort of a, a rum raisin uh, flavor mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, once again, as I kind of alluded to earlier here, it doesn't really show up um, until you're sort of, you know, that first third through the bowl mm-hmm. and you start to get more of those aromatic notes as, as all the, you know, the perique kind of dies down and, and mar- marries into the, uh, to the, the flavors. So, but yeah, I'd put it uh, some, some like a rum raisin. So. Mm. What sure. do you guys, what do you guys find? Rum raisin. That's a great description of the, yeah, the kind is. of sweetness that I'm getting here. And, <clears throat> you know, there's a, you know, you, you've kind of hinted at this. There's a, <clears throat> difference between casing a tobacco with some kind of flavor versus like topping it with something you know where more aromatics are you would say are topped absolutely where the 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 flavor that you're adding is really supposed to be the flavor that you're getting and not so much the tobacco that's the the topping becomes the predominant thing the tobacco's in the background and in the casing the tobacco's at the foreground and the and whatever you're adding is really supposed to accentuate the uh, properties of the tobacco exactly yeah i mean you know really all tobacco uh, whether it says aromatic or non Mm -hmm. is cased Mm -hmm. uh, for humidification Mm -hmm. and for a a slight bit of sugar um, to make it just a little more palatable and that's sort of across all pipe tobaccos right and obviously you know the humidification part of that is extremely important (laughs) uh, to to keep the tobacco fresh so (laughs) Now, one of the one of the things you said, which was absolutely true, was you know the, that uh, escudo, you know, back back in the day, you know, would be this long, you know, sausage looking thing that the that, that would it would keep good on a ship. Take it out, you know, maybe you've dipped it in something, and you just slice off little flakes and you have it. Now, one of the things we we did a. Uh, an event with uh, Max here earlier tonight, and you were talking about how you've walked through the airport with one of these sausages of escudo <laughs> in your in your uh, Do we want to go suitcase, there? and, and uh, what happened yes, with that? Feel it. <laughs> oh yes, fun times uh, with TSA. <laughs> so when you uh, when you go through security with this uh, long oblong looking shape, uh, you know, densest can be in your backpack, you tend to get stopped a little bit and uh, <laughs> and they want to frisk it to see what it is. So I can only imagine what goes through the average TSA worker's mind as they just yeah. see this. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> thank you for that. That uh, <laughs> spells it out. Mm. Um, you know, but so so they pull it out and, uh, and, and I explain why it's brown the way it is and I ask them to take a little smell and put it back in the bag. And, and, <laughs> so... No, you know, I, I, I have a little fun with it, but, uh, you know. You have to have fun with it, with, with stuff like that when it happens. Absolutely. So, but yeah, know. it's fun getting around with those. But yeah, I mean, what do they think it is? A billy club or something? Yeah, billy club, dildo, who knows? <laughs> One of the above. <laughs> Are you guys getting more sweetness on the drink now that the tobacco is giving you more sweetness? Because I get that. Like the coconut for me, like you get that right at the end. Mm. You get a little yeah. bit more. It's more present in the drink. 
now that the tobacco has kind of changed a little bit to more smooth sweetness. Do you guys get that? Paul? A little bit. A little bit? Not not too much. A little bit. The drink hasn't really changed much for me. Yeah, right, right. It, it has for me a little bit, but Danny. You you still have drink there. I'm, I'm actually do. surprised. <laughs> right. Well, I'm, I'm not much of a beer drinker. Um, I do enjoy a Guinness from time to time. Um, but most of the time I'm drinking, usually it's tequila, mezcal, bourbon, whiskey, single malts, peated scotches, um, blended whiskeys. You know, I go up and down the, the range of Johnny Walkers and you know what I mean? I love all that stuff. I've rarely hit at the, like where this is a porter, right? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, this is probably maybe the second or first porter that I that I've ever drank. Second or first? Second or first? One of the uh, one of the first above. or second? <clears throat> yes, it's got to be one of those. So. Yeah, you know what I mean. He likes, um, to, count, he likes to count backwards. I do. <laughs> it's the second or first, one or the other. Kid, but, kidding aside, to answer your question, the 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 sweetness of the drink really complements. It does this pipe tobacco, and as the tobacco has been sweetening in the pipe. Um, it is the the pairing just becomes better and better. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that the, that it has um, changed the drink for me. Yeah, but the sweetness in the drink and that that coconut mm-hmm. kind of scent just goes really well. It does with mm. this tobacco and and you know that rummy kind of raisiny flavor. Just that is such a natural match with this. Um, really deep, rich uh, drink that has these coconut notes in it, and uh, it's it's Kendra did a fantastic job picking this out, and kudos to her for the taking that master. pipe the yeah. and, and not yeah. just not just reading the the tasting notes of the tobacco that I gave her, but actually going and lighting it up and seeing for herself if if this would be a good. This is the kind of service you get here at Twins, people. <laughs> Uber mm. professionalism. Thing. Uber. Uber. Uber professionalism. professionalism. It's a great thing to see. Yeah, it's awesome. I don't. I don't know many places that do that. You know, and um, uh, the kudos to her. That was awesome. Dave, what do you think about the the drink and the tobacco? Is it changing for you? It is. I think it is a good pairing. Is this I'm, your I'm, second or first porter, Dave? The, uh, <laughs> is this your fifth, fourth, third, or second porter, Dave? I'm, I'm beyond numbers with porters. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm Thanks, actually guys. my 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 arch enemy as far as like things go is coconut. So <laughs> this is like my least favorite porter ever, <laughs> but I think it does pair well, honestly, with the with the pipe tobacco. Mm. Um, even if I'm not fond of the drink myself, mm-hmm. but I think it complements it very well for what it is. Um, but yeah, I, th- I I like it a lot. I like the the, the pipe tobacco a lot. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, any kind of dark, sweet drink, you know, a, a dark rum, a dark spice rum. Um, a nice, you know, dark coffee with uh, a little tad of sugar in it. That would just complement, you know, really well with this tobacco here. Had we had a stout, like a Guinness, or mm. even something more on, on a Russian Imperial mm-hmm. base, which would have been obviously higher uh, alcohol, 
is, is it's going to be it's going to overpower this t- this particular tobacco because they're, they're just so robust. So mm. yeah, old. I would agree. So I would this, agree so with that. she absolutely yeah. knocked it out of the park with this one because again, it's it's just a very uh, I'll call it medium mm. <laughs> type of drink. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's, yeah. it's flavorful but not too flavorful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 that little bit of coconut too. It, it's pairing very very well with this. I think this is a, a, a fantastic pairing. All right, now Max, your dad, um, Eric Stokeby, has his own line of tobaccos and pipes and everything, and uh, you have gone into uh, Scandinavian Tobacco Group here. How did you? How did you get from? where you were to where you are as far as, as that company goes. Was that something that you had wanted to do? Did you want to step out on your own? You know, did, your, did you have a falling out with your dad or something? Did he or, crush your janitorial yeah, dreams? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, he cussed my... Uh, crushed Heck with my, you, Dad. Now I'm going to go do my own thing. Yeah, he crushed <laughs> uh, my custodial dreams early on there. So, no, I. Uh, it's a good question, Dan. I was fortunate enough to uh, to actually get to go do uh, a couple of internships when I was, uh, you know, a young man in uh, in my high school days, and sort of work in the factories over in Europe um, mm. at Filiger and at STG, actually, um, where you know I, I got to kind of get my hands dirty and, and mm-hmm. see a bunch of different sides of the business, and you know that paired with with having grown up in the industry and uh and always kind of enjoying you know first and foremost the people um that that my my uh my grandfather and my dad work with um but also you know thinking that the the products themselves are always fun and and as i've grown and understood what tobacco is all about more um that that passion has only grown with me so but you know i think uh doing a couple of those internships and sort of getting my feet wet um, you know, I, I went in uh, and got my degree at, at Appalachian State University, and mm-hmm. and after that, they had an opening at STG Lane, and uh, and I sort of uh, took and ran with it. Um, you know, that was five years ago. I've, mm-hmm. I've been through uh, sales positions, uh, marketing positions. Um, yeah, you kind of rose through the ranks to this. Yeah. This wasn't something that the Stokeby name just got you. No, no. You really, you really kind of had to work for this. Yeah, and you know, I always had an attitude uh, going into the industry um, of, of trying to uh, sort of make my own footprint, so to say. You know, walking uh, behind uh, uh, guys like Peter and Eric Stokeby, you know, it uh, it leaves a lot to be filled there. So that was always kind of lofty aspirations for me. So I, I tried mm. to, uh, you know keep my uh my feet on the ground and my head down so to say and just mm. let the work speak for itself so and uh you know in uh, some roundabout way it has because i'm still here today five years yeah. later and uh, <laughs> yeah I, I still love uh, roundabout. i still love what i do uh-huh. and you're and you're the brand ambassador for peter stokeby tobaccos yeah. i mean how cool is that yeah, it's uh, you know? it's a it's a blessing to have this job uh, i'll say for sure so I, I get to do fun stuff like like we did yeah. here tonight with the event and uh obviously sitting here on the podcast is really fun and uh you know you guys all seem cool at least <laughs> thank we, you <laughs> we put on a good front there you yes. go there you go <laughs> so um what are you know uh some of the other pipe tobaccos that uh you rep 
that sure. uh, that uh, Scandinavian offers. It's a huge company. Yeah, we're very very large. Uh, we have a lot of brands, obviously. Um, you know, some only exist in Europe, some exist in the U.S., some exist in both, mm-hmm. uh, like Escudo, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, obviously, I'm a homer for the Stoka B bulk stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so any of the flakes there, the luxury navy, luxury twist, the luxury bullseye flake, mm-hmm. are all fantastic. You know, as a matter of fact, if you enjoy Escudo, if you uh, happen to pick up a tin and try it, and you like that. Um, I really recommend the the bullseye flake as sort of a, a next step there. Um, they're sort of in the same vein. Um, outside of that, I really enjoy uh, uh, the proper English and the English luxury on the Peter Stokeby side. Um, on the Lane side, obviously, 1Q and BCA are, are monsters, right. um, and they are for a reason. You know, they're great everyday, all-day smokes. Uh, similar to the cigar we had earlier tonight, you can wake up and puff one cue from a.m. to p.m. Yeah, uh, it, it doesn't matter. And you know that I mean? has been the best-selling bulk tobacco in the United States for decades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It yes, has. it's it's been a monster. So obviously, some great stuff there. Um, you know, outside of that, Orlick is a, a great brand. The mm. Orlick Golden Slice, mm-hmm. uh, you know, another flake oh, cut yeah. that we have, Virginia Perique, uh, that's <laughs> really kicking stuff. Balkan Sassini is a uh, is a nice blend that we have as well. So, yeah, you know, lately I've been uh, I've been smoking some Aaron Moore as well. So you know, a little bit of Burley there, no Perique, but uh, I've been enjoying. It's a Virginia well. Burley, right? Yes, or, sir. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. You got it. yeah, a couple of Virginias. Whew, I'm glad so. I remembered that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'll I'll round out sort of uh, pending anything you guys have to add. Our, our discussion on Escudo here, mm. just an interesting fact on Escudo actually, and. I read this online, and obviously anything you read online is, is true in fact, um, and, and Bible, so to say. So, but, uh, but I actually do think there's a lot of truth to this. Um, Escudo is the most cellared pipe tobacco in the United States. Mm. Um, hmm. So it, it's one of the great things with, with tins of uh, certainly Virginia blends, mm-hmm. but Virginia Perique blends too. Um, these bad boys will just get better like fine wine. I mean, you know, you don't pop the seal on them and, and let them sit. Um, those those flavors are going to further ferment and marry. The Perique is going to keep fermenting. Uh, the actual sugars in the Virginia leaf are going to plume and crystallize. Uh, so it'll darken the tobacco. It'll crumble a lot more. It'll sort of be sweeter. Um, it's really, you know, almost a, a different flavor entirely from, from a fresh tin. So, yeah. um, you know, if hmm. you have a chance to pick up an extra tin uh, when you're trying to scudo, I recommend throwing that bad boy in the cellar. Come visit in a, in a year's time or more if you can. Yep. Um, it, it'll really just, you know, get better like fine wine. So if you guys have any tins of a scudo at home, I'll walk you through the, uh, the date code real quick. Oh, sure. That'd be great. Just, you know, so you have it. So basically the code to the left of the barcode. Yep. You're going to have your first six digits. Mm-hmm. So they are year, date, and then month. So an example would be 10 That would be 2010, March 20th. Okay. If that makes sense. Nice. So Very if, cool. if you have a tin at home, now you at least know and, and can check it out and... Uh, and see if you're sitting on something good there. You know, people will, will hop on, on eBay or, or different websites and, and sell those age tins if they can prove it oh, yeah. for, for, you know, 100 plus bucks. So, I, uh, I have a follower on my Instagram account who is a huge Escudo fan. It's almost exclusively what he does, but it's five year old. 
he he likes it when it's got five years of age on it and so he buys it and buys it and buys it and sellers it and so what he's smoking now is what he bought five years ago and you know that's that's his thing and um i've i've never had a scudo that that's that old and what you know this is one of the great things if it's this good now you know and it's gonna and it's gonna just you know increase its its uh, uh flavor as it gets older i mean how good can it get so i've i've got a you know um i've i've never been good at cellaring anything you know if i buy it I want to smoke it. You know, I, you look at my, my humidor at home with my cigars. There's nothing in there that's 30 days old. You know, it's all, it's getting, <laughs> I buy it to smoke it, not right? to, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, you hear people talking all the time, you know, I'll buy Cubans or Opus and I, you know, so that I can age them for three years and then they'll be good. And I just have never understood that. You know, if I want, if I'm going to put my money into, I need to have it now. And I'm just just in the last few months, um, just really thinking. You know, I really want to start, you know, trying this out. And so I have, you know, right now there's three or four tins that I have that I've I've shoved in the back of my little homemade cellar, and I'm just trying to forget that they're there. I'm trying to swallow, bury them, swallow the key, swallow the key, so I can't. You know, I don't even want to see them because if I see them. I'm just going to say, ah, ah, well, I'll just go grab you because I like you, you know. <laughs> but, does it, I mean, have have any of you done that with either cigars or, or pipe tobacco? Have you cellared or aged stuff on purpose for years? Nope. I've it's, done one cigar for one year. Yeah? How did it turn out? It was excellent. It was much better than when I had it the first time, which was probably a day or two after I bought it. Mm, but yeah. that's the only time I've ever been able to uh, age a cigar. Yeah, you know the the few times I've done it with cigars, I've I've done it with the wrong cigar, or, you know, like anything, you know, tobacco also has a shelf life. You know, it, it, it there's a there's a point of diminishing returns, and uh, tobaccos like Escudo that have a lot of Virginia that have a lot of natural sugars in them, they're going to age really well. You can age them out 10, 15, 20 years, and be getting good stuff. But that's not true for everything, and. Um, you know, I remember, and I think I've shared this on the show before, you know, I, I tried a, aging a, a Padron A. You know, I wanted I wanted to uh, um, save it for a special occasion. I, I had set some goals for myself, and that was, that was going to be one of my goal cigars, the Padron A. And I had it about five years after I purchased it. And you know what? I smoked it, and I'm like, why did I bother doing this? This would have been so much better five years ago, you know? Uh, you know, but then the other day, you know, Kurt uh, gave me a uh, uh, Tatuaje Wolfman from 2011. And that thing was awesome. It was incredible. And I was half expecting it to be just this bland thing. You know, and, and couple that with, you know, last year I was able to have a, a Padron Millennium, you know, from... 2000 it was almost 20 years old the thing was like paper it had no flavor left it was just why why would i have spent you know a hundred bucks on this really rare cigar yeah they they say that a lot but that wolfman was freaking amazing you had one too right i did and it was amazing it was a great great cigar i turned a 20 minute 
drive home to an hour and a half. Um, so yeah, like I had I had that one that was great. Um, why would you Why would you smoke that in your car? Because it relaxes me. I love. Yeah. I I love. And some people get this, and some people don't. Like Danny smokes pipes when he's driving home. He has about what forty five minute ride home. Thirty. 30-minute ride home, and it just, you know, me smoking a cigar, going home, just, it's like, a it's the cherry on the top for me. Like, I got to have that, because in here, you know, running back and forth and smoking cigars is, is all good and fun. I get to smoke cigars at work and helping people pick out cigars and stuff, and that's fine. But for me, driving home and relaxing... While smoking a cigar is just, it's it clears my mind. It puts my mind at rest because when I'm here, my mind's racing. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's from one customer to the next, to the next, to the next, and that goes, you know, eight to ten hours. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about. So Bob. your car is your happy place. My car is my happy place. <laughs> I do have a smoking room at my house as well that I get to use. I'm very lucky. I, I thank you, honey, for allowing me to have a smoking room. Um, but, You're welcome, dear. There you go. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean. It, it was it was it was great. But mm. back on as far as aging tobacco, some you know what I mean. Padrones sometimes, particularly I think maybe like a couple of years on padrones. I wouldn't mm. do anything past like ten years because they'll just lose their flavor. Opuses, forget it. You would have to age those things for a minimum of five years to really get some crazy flavor out of them. Certain tobaccos, you know, do very well mm-hmm. in, you know, five plus years. Some tobaccos, they don't really get too, you know, crazy in the flavor. Yeah. Well, aren't like most Padrones like pre-aged anyways? Uh, most of them. That's what, you know, because like then really how much longer can you really age them, you know? Well, like Padrones, Padrones are, are made to be really smoked right away. They... The tobacco is aged. They roll the they roll the cigar. Three weeks later, they're out, and they're absolutely phenomenal. They don't they don't sit around all that long, um, and, but the tobacco that they're using is very well aged. Mm. Um, you know, to, to your point, Nick. You know, I, it, it, my wife has asked me the same thing. You know. Why do you? Why are you smoking now? You've been smoking all day. Don't you think you should take a break? No. But uh, you know the 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 reason for me being, you know, I've been smoking. You know, part of it is you're not able to relax. You're you're yeah. helping people. You're, but you know, and here you're smoking in, in large part because you have to. You're, True. You're you're smoking whatever is new in the store you're smoking whatever cigar or pipe tobacco you're wanting to move or whatever event is going on but when you're home or going home you're smoking because you want to you're smoking something that you enjoy for the enjoyment of it right mm. and that's and a can, very different experience than smoking something even is. if you're yeah. smoking stuff that you enjoy yeah um you know like you know we could do max we could do a uh, an event and i could smoke you know, a Scudo and, and uh, Orlick all day long and not feel like I was having to force myself to, to smoke things I didn't like. But it wouldn't be the same as, 
you know, when the event's over, you know, you fill up your bowl, you're going home. That's that's why I do it. Yeah, it's, I think, it's like the enjoyment of it. I think it's as much that mental space you get in as yeah. anything, right? Yeah. It's the quiet time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, the self-reflection, and, yeah. Yeah, and that, and I feel that I can get more tasting notes because I'm taking my time with the cigar. Absolutely. I'm not immediately putting it down and then coming back to it in 30 minutes or an hour or a few hours after you know what I mean? It's just a constant flow of flavor that you can... I, I think you can pick up a lot of different notes when you're doing it that way. You know what I mean? Versus, you know, walking and talking and smoking and, and going, 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 jumping from customer to customer and, you know, and, you know taking care of the walk-in and going back to customers and stuff like that. And then, you know, taking a hit of your cigar. You know what I mean? It's... it Doing it on the ride home for me is just... It's really, really nice. It's It's... It's 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 a pleasurable experience if you haven't done it. For me, it's just it's I love it. I love doing it. Hmm. Well, what are our final thoughts on uh, Escudo Navy Deluxe by Scandinavian Tobacco Group? Smooth. <laughs> do you have Do you have another button that you can press? You've been pressing that a lot lately. Can I get the applause, please? Yeah, give him the applause. Thank you, Dave. It's the Pablo Maduro show. I'm, I'm, this is this has been a, a pleasure to smoke. It's mm. it's smooth, creaminess. I've absolutely got that creaminess about, mm-hmm. like I said, about a third of the way down. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, I love that campfire. I'm, I'm I'm just using that. That's that's the way I, you know, that's the flavors I pick up from the uh, from the retro hail. But it's a smooth, creamy, flavorful uh, tobacco. It's 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 awesome. Dave, mm. I love the smoke of it. I love the uh, the warmth in that uh, fruity raisin. It's uh, absolutely wonderful. I like it a lot. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up for you. Yep. What about you, uh, Mister Nicotine? Mister Nicotine. Um. Yeah. It's it's a good everyday smoke. That sweetness that comes right after, about halfway through the bowl, mm. it's extremely pleasant. Smooth, creamy. It's got a nice sweet accent to it. That spice in the beginning really kind of hooks you at first, and then mm-hmm. it kind of evens out, and then the the sweetness comes right after. It's very pleasant. It's a really good. Uh, it's a really really good tobacco. I'll be going to this and recommending it to our our pipe club and other uh, pipe customers that come through to in smoke shop. Mm. Well, I certainly see why it's a favorite. It's, it's a very good tobacco. And I, from the first time that I uh, had this tobacco several years ago, you know, I completely understand why people go for it. And I'm very glad that we have it here at twins. Um, it's two big thumbs up for me. It's a nice medium smoke. I think it's, it's a it's got some nice complexity to it and it does change you know as you're going through the bowl and it just gets deeper and richer and um it's very it's a it's a great smoke to relax to you know this is this is the kind of uh pipe tobacco that i i imagine myself having a a nice dark rum with sitting in front of the fire you know and just just kind of really really chilling out you know it's a very relaxing kind of smoke yes 
Very enjoyable. Fantastic. Glad you guys like it. I guess you like it. Yeah. I love it. Now, do you, are you saying that because you have to, being the brand ambassador, or do you really like it? No, no. Escudo, <laughs> Escudo really is, uh, uh, you know, not being uh, abashed here or shameful. It really is, uh, for me, a, t- a top ten. Um, it's a go-to of, of my, my, my own personal stash. So Yeah, it's a great Navy flake. Mm-hmm. Great Navy flake. All right, you've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twin Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Thanks for listening, and that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. Thank you.